This podcast is being recorded on the traditional land of the Blackfoot Confederacy. This consists of the Kainai, Pekani, Siksika, and the Blackfeet in the U.S. We acknowledge the Stony Nakoda, which consists of the Bearspaw, Morley, and Chiniki. We acknowledge the Satina, who are Dene, and the Métis, Inuit, status and non-status from all of Turtle Island, and those who are visiting. We are all treaty people. Welcome to the Dave Leary Show. Welcome to the Voices in Recovery podcast, brought to you by Freedom's Path Recovery Society in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Thank you for tuning in. Please remember that these opinions that are shared are those of the individuals and not of any agency, organization, or other entity, unless otherwise specified. Also, if you're a minor, please check with your parent and or guardian as you need to have permission to listen to these podcasts. We will potentially talk about violent subject matter, sexual content, and difficulties human beings face on their day-to-day lives in recovery. So this is for Veterans Month, and um, obviously you're a veteran, bro. So tonight is Greg, my brother Greg, and uh, bro, I, I'm hoping that you know when we did our family, I don't know what that was, but there's too many things here. Like that's the problem. Um, when we did our family episode last year, we actually ended up talking about you lots. Yeah, <laughs> right. We did, and, and so I was like, yeah, but you know what, dude? You should have the time to tell your whole story. Um, including in whatever you want to talk about. So I just know that when we were younger, you went through shit and um, I, I'll leave that to you to well, talk about. Yeah, we covered a lot of that and yeah. I'm not going to rehash through it. Yeah, I mean, you don't need to. You know, it's like we, we talked about the, I was heavy into the, the heavy cocaine and crack use there mm. at the end of my drug time. And, you know, mom and dad, when they thought they were doing me a favor by putting me in that place, that just made it worse. Mm-hmm. I got out and I made it for about two months. Yeah. And then I was just sneaky, right? Yeah. You know, I had one of our, one of the kids from the church pissing in a bottle yeah. so I could pass piss tests. And I did that for a Dude, long time. And <clears> people <throat> think that drug addicts are like completely out to lunch, eh? But well, we, like, seriously, yeah. man, you got someone to piss for you. Yeah. I <laughs> pissed in a bottle, hung on to it and carried it around in my little pink, what do they call those little bags? Well, fanny pack. Fanny pack. <laughs> Carried that around because I never knew when mom and dad were going to say, you need to go to the doctor and take yeah. a leak, right? Yeah. I had a laundry bottle full of pee. Oh, man. Yeah. And you'd walk around with it. Yeah. Dad found it eventually. Oh, yeah. When he found out that I was taking money out of his bank account, right? Yeah. But then, uh, you know, it was like I said before, that was based, that program was based on 12 steps. Yeah. And that really turned me off. Mm-hmm. And then it was pretty judgmental when I got out of there in the NA and AA programs that I was at, yeah. people were really judgy. Yeah. And I mean, they had dad convinced that he had to give away all my shit. So really? anything that he thought was drug related that I got from selling or doing, I was giving it away. Yeah. You know, shoes, jackets, whatever. I had to give it away. And so it just left a real bad taste in my mouth. You had to give and it then, all, like everything away? Oh, I gave so much, dude, you wouldn't even imagine. Fuck. How much stuff I gave away, whether it had anything to do with drug proceeds or yeah. not, it just went. 
So is that what the, the idea was, was that it was proceeds of crime, so they wanted to get rid of it all? Or? Well, it's just something, that, something where you can't have that because it's from your past. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, yeah, okay, if that's what you say. And bro, you're not like the first person to say how judgmental NA and AA can be. Yeah, you right? know, and so to the 12-step thing, I, I blew that off. Yeah. And actually, I mean, after, shit, by six months after that program, I was full-blown back into it. Mm-hmm. And then it just got hard to hide, right? Yeah. And then, you know, dad found out about the money thing and he talked to that friend he had with, uh, not, not scared straight. What was that one? They Teen had? challenge. Teen challenge. Yeah. So then I went there and, um, that was actually going okay. And then it's like I said before, I give God all the credit for helping me get straight. Mm-hmm. Not a person because while I, w- I was only there for a few months and the reason I was only there for a few months is because you saw the side of Christians and what they can actually be like. And I just couldn't have it. The hypocritical stuff just mm. blew me away. So I decided to leave yeah. there. And I, at that point, though, I, I knew that if I went out on my own and tried to do it, I would be right back to where I started. Mm. So I needed, I knew I needed discipline. Yeah. So the second day out, I found an army recruiter mm-hmm. and that that's that's history man yeah we did all the testing i tested for whatever i could do i said i wanted the biggest gun they could give me yeah so they gave me a tank <laughs> so <laughs> yeah but they're beautiful tanks by the time you well got yeah there, by right? the time i got there it was m1a1 now they're yeah. even better and then i got lucky because i got sent to germany with an armored cavalry unit that got turned into an armored cavalry regiment mm-hmm. so they were just getting tanks yeah so for the first six months I was there, I got to train with infantry and cav guys, yeah. playing the helicopters and you know, fun stuff that you think yeah. about when you're in the army. That's besides, kind of stuff you want to do. Yeah, yeah besides yeah. picking up cigarette butts and shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about that today, though, dude. Like, is there anything worse than a bored soldier? No, like, just, seriously, right? Well, yeah, that's what, you know, and so yeah, well, that's true. You know, you get you get bored, and then you either smoke too much or you end up drinking too much. But the drinking was accepted, mm-hmm. and alcohol has never really been an issue for me. I mm-hmm. can and I can't. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's always been weird watching you with it, too, to be honest. Because, yeah. I, I mean, I could sit and down 10 beers and then not have a beer for a year yeah. and not worry about it. Yeah. You know? And it's, like, not on your mind at all. No, yeah. it doesn't. It's not, well, where am I going to get my next drink type thing, right? Yeah. It's never been that way for me. Yeah. You know, the cigarettes, I wish I could do the same with that. Yeah, no shit, dude. <laughs> still is that your vape there? That's my vape there, dude, yeah. Dude, you can vape in here, man. You can pop that door open. And I still, I mean, but I every once in a while I still pop a smoke, dude. Yeah. But I've been doing okay with it. <laughs> yeah. But that that really, you know, the five years that I was active duty, it just kept me off drugs. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think God got me off or helped mm-hmm. me get off. And then the discipline and the fact that I knew I would fuck everything up yeah. if I even looked at drugs yeah just kept me away from it mm-hmm. and you know after that it's like well, okay yeah just kind of was done with it hmm. you know that's interesting and i haven't really there was a few times where i thought i could tempt fate and then i was just like no that would just be a bad idea yeah you know so i'll let people do what they want to do and mm-hmm. that's okay to each his own right yeah you know so i mean my time in the army the first gulf war you know we I got lucky. We didn't get deployed because the unit was just rebuilding. Mm-hmm. So we got a lot of guard duty, but it was like the only time I was in Germany where we had guard duty, where we had bullets. 
Okay, where you actually had live ammo, yeah? The other times you had no clip no. or whatever? Well, because I got there right when the wall was coming down, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. So we were, we were stopping the, the patrols and stuff on the border, mm-hmm. and they decided they didn't, we didn't need bullets anymore. <laughs> so this, these, uh, these not too poor Eastern, Eastern Europeans are coming. Right, you don't need right. bullets for that. You don't need bullets. You know, so you're guarding ammo dumps and you're in a tower that's 50 feet up and you've got M16 and your pistol and no bullets. <laughs> that was the first question. I was there for like four weeks and we pulled a week duty and I'm like, well, where are the bullets? Well, you, we'll get them to you. And I'm looking at the sergeant of guard going, how in the fuck are you going to get me the bullets? Mm-hmm. So you're there. There's six posts and I'm 50 foot in the air. Mm-hmm. The fence is a clear chain link fence. Yeah. You're going to be dead by the time they get you even get out of the garden. Mm. So, and then you just go, well, you know, you can't, oh, okay, whatever. I'll just throw this thing at them. You know, I'm sitting in a tin can anyway. If they decide to shoot me, I'm yeah. done. <laughs> just, just throw your rifle down at yeah. them. Yeah. What a Get joke. closer so I can hit you with this. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, that baffles me how silly they are at peacetime. Hey, like, Did you well, yeah. just get a bayonet? I carried a knife, but <laughs> It was a rubber one. They, they were they were not <laughs> issuing bayonets at that time. We were really? issued an M16. Yeah. The first model, the old model, M16A1. Like Vietnam era model. Yeah. When I got when I got there, we we still had the first M16A1s, and then we also had the old Colt 45 1911. Yeah. And that was great. That's a classic. And I love that. And then we went to the. Yeah. By the time I left, we were at the Beretta 9 millimeter. But <laughs> you know, you got to empty an empty Colt and an empty M16 and your pocket knife and and away you go. <laughs> and, your, and your wooden gun. They should have just given you wooden training guns to and then go they gave when, with. When we were doing, see, we got stuck guarding, you know, generals and shit because the Turkish community was not happy about the war. So for like three months before the ground war, which was only, what, three days? Yeah. And three months after, we got a half a magazine for our... For our, uh, just in case, for our M16s. Any of those, and a, you know, what was it? It was a nine-round clip in the old 45s. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> dude. So yeah. In case any of those like Iraqi Hussein sons come after anybody hey, in Germany. Well, you know, I met, I had a, had a, <laughs> the guy went through basic training with me, and he was, from, he was from Chicago, a black fella, mm-hmm. and he he was just the nicest guy in the world, man. Mm-hmm. But he had a temper. Yeah. And what turned out, what happened is he got jumped by a couple of Turkish guys, mm. and he ended up stabbing them with their knives. Oh yeah. And one of them died. Yeah. So during the investigation, it came out that the guy was wanted for murder in Chicago, oh, and this shit. was like my roommate from basic training. Yeah. I remember <laughs> you telling me that, man. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. And I was like, I was like, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I tried to quit smoking when I was there, and he would buy me licorice. Yeah. That's the kind of guy he was like, yeah. here, just chew on that, man. This nice I mean, guy. we run enough. Yeah. And I was like, okay, man. Yeah. Then, and then when he just disappeared, you know, we finally got the real word. It wasn't because of what he had defended himself and mm. taken those two Turkish guys out, but his it was because his identity got, however they missed it when he joined there, yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. You know, well, so he got oh. the prince and DNA or whatever, but he was wanted for murder in Chicago. Oh my, was, and, and he, was he? Gates, that was his name. His, his, his last name was Gates. Gates. His first name. And was it like one murder back in Chicago? I can't no, remember. No, it was like six. Yeah, there was a series. Oh, yeah, he was. Yeah. He, I mean, he, he, you, a lot of those guys that came over there, they came, you know, 
They went because they had to. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I went because I had to, but I wasn't yeah. forced to. Different reason. Yeah. I needed the discipline. They got forced to the discipline. Yeah. And, you know, some of those guys, they were coming straight out of, like, Compton areas and mm-hmm. gangs and, yeah. you know. So the, the racist stuff, it was... It was okay, but you could always, the clicks kind of, yeah, you know. Was it like an under underlying kind of feeling? It, you could shoot? always, you could you always knew. Yeah. Both yeah. ways, right? Yeah. You know, because it wasn't so much with me, especially when they found out I was Canadian. Oh, God, it'd be totally different. By birth, they were just not as, it wasn't, they didn't treat me the same way they treated somebody who was from, a white guy from Alabama. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, well, and, uh, well, that's fair. Because we were not like white guys from Alabama, so no, and you know, not. I'm not saying that all white guys in Alabama are racist, but Obviously there's that not. underlying tone, right, that they still had. This was '90, so you figure they're 20 years old. That's the '70s, mm-hmm. and not that their far. Removed. Parents were still, yeah. You know, they're not that far removed. Yeah. You know, and I'm not sure when all the Jim Crow laws got reversed and all that shit, but there was a lot of bad stuff going on. Oh God, so between much. the '30s and the '70s. Yeah. For you know, for the black guys and well, any minority really. Well, since pre-abolition, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I l- I lucked out with the army. I mean, it was what I needed, mm-hmm. and then I got to Fort Irwin, and injury acted up again, and that was the end of it. Yeah. So what happened at Fort Irwin, man? Because I mean, well, what happened is, I I hurt my back again. Yeah. And so then we we finished the field exercise, and I had the always had the option since I hurt my back in Germany, I could always take the out. And yeah. just take the 12% disability or whatever yeah. it was. But I decided I didn't want to do that. And mm-hmm. so I, I took a waiver on the profile they gave me. Because what it does, they give you a profile and says you don't have to do anything, mm-hmm. really, physically. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't want to do that. But then I heard it again. Yeah. And so we were, we were cleaning up after a field exercise. And the new commanding officer general, I think it was, or colonel, for Fort Irwin, asked me to have the guys rake the sand on the outside of the motor pool. Yeah, outside of the fence, and I was like, "Fuck you!" I didn't. I didn't say that to his face. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But in my hand, I'm like, "Yes, sir. Fuck you." Yeah. And two days later, I put in for my yeah. out because that was that was it. If you wonder what soldiers do when there's no war, they rake sand. They rake fucking sand, dude. <laughs> no, it's seriously idiotic shit like that. And I mean, you know, you and in Fort Irwin, you trained so much. Why the fuck would I want my guy? We wanted to clean our shit. And go home, mm-hmm. you know, because you'd go for a month and not go home for the most part. Because that's a testing base. Right? Yeah, right. It's yeah. the training base training for the base. for the whole of the United States, right? So, <laughs> yeah. and you'd, you'd be lucky to have a couple weeks between those kind of rotations. Mm. So I just, you know, <laughs> I never did have them do it. I just went over to my JAG officer and said, hey, you need to put this in for me. Yeah. And they did. And I, <laughs> I left. <laughs> but you need to put this in for me and remind that colonel he's a douchebag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Colonel Douchebag. Tell that guy to scrape the sand off my sack. <laughs> and <laughs> post-operation, too. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, and then after that, you know, it was, well, you know all the stuff with Nicole, and, you know, I kind of. Uh, I don't think I know all the stuff with Nicole. And yeah, I probably know enough. It would just yeah. depress you if I was to tell you about that <laughs> motherfucker, but. <laughs> Yeah, but there's something to be said about being a young soldier and being in a foreign country. Yeah. And marrying the first woman that comes along. Well, it wasn't the first, but she's probably the tenth or probably the longest, you know, past of a week. (laughs) Yeah. It lasted longer than a few days, right? Like Yeah. So but I mean like I can just kind of picture being alone and thinking, well, 
if someone's even remotely nice to me, I might yeah. be tempted, right? Yeah. Like, but I mean, and the whole thing was there, and you know, in, in Victorville and Barstow, you didn't need to be there to sign for anything. They just said, "Oh yeah, my husband's in the army," and they'd give them the credit. Yeah. You know, I mean, I had people calling me when we got when I got out of the army and we mm -hmm. went to Silver Lakes there. Yeah. I was getting calls about rings and bracelets, and I'm oh. like, "What are you talking about? Really? I never signed for that." Yeah. Well, I had to file bankruptcy. Oh, in did California. you? I didn't oh, yeah. know that, man. Oh yeah, I didn't know yeah. that. She bankrupted me before I even got out of the army. Holy shit, man! Mm -hmm. Fuck. Ooh. So yeah, oh, we breathe when yeah, when right. the subject comes up. We breathe. <laughs> yeah. So probably if I was ever tempted to do drugs again, it was probably right around that time. <laughs> yeah. I, <bet. laughs> I was tempted to do drugs, so I did when you were going through that. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of drugs. Yeah, so, and then, uh, well, I tried to reconcile with her and went to Germany from mm -hmm. California. Well, I didn't, we didn't have any money left, right? She yeah. spent every piece of the disability I got, and that was yeah. it. Oh, man. So, defaulted on that. Fortunately, it was only a lease, so I just defaulted on that. They came and repoed the car, and yeah, that was the end of that Fuck, one. man. Yeah. I didn't realize that's what happened to. Well, that's 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 get what happens going back to Germany. Yeah. So I sent her and Josh back, bounced a couple of checks to do it, mm -hmm. and uh, packed up that piece of shit Ford and drove up here. <laughs> did that little. What was, what was I here for? Like a month, and I did that little security thing, sitting in that building down on the <laughs> with you. Yeah, that's right, dude. <laughs> that's right. I forgot yeah, that. Yeah, we did that. I did that, and then you know went over to Germany and started contracting. Yeah. Well, that was a good move for you. That was a good career. It move. was. It was a good career. <laughs> you left the security guard to do some actual work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I read I've too been, many books. <laughs> yeah. I was a security guard for a long time, and I, I appreciate every hour that I was able to sleep. So. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So you went back to Germany, and then you contracted. So what kind of contract work did you do? Well, the first one was, you know, we're, we were just in support. The first part of it was... Um, we were just armoring vehicles, mm -hmm. right? So it was, you didn't have to be a brain scientist or uh, yeah. astronaut to do it, right? Yeah. So that's how I got into it. And then we started going and setting up sites and stuff like that. And that's, you know, that's in Bosnia, that was kind of what fucked me up when I was over there is finding all the dead people and bodies and mass graves and shit like that. that you found. So why were you out finding that though? Like Because that... we would go in, the army would clear to make sure that, you know, and we would help them too. Mm -hmm. They would clear the sites to make sure there was no booby traps or whatever, but they would say, we want to camp here. Yeah, This is where we want to put this, this and that. Yeah. So most of the time, what, it was a couple, well, for the majority of the time when I found something, it was in an old type maintenance shop where they had a pit yeah. and it was, you could smell it when you walked in. Oh. You knew you were going to find it. And God, open man. the pit and just the bodies, right? Yeah. And it's, it wouldn't have been so bad, I don't think, and it probably wouldn't have messed my head up so much if if it wasn't for the little, the little ones. Yeah, man. Because you see the little skeletons and they still little shoes or little socks. Yeah. Oh, get the fuck out And of then here. you're just, it just was like, whoa. And then you start finding out and you, you see what they're actually doing to each other yeah. around Bosnia and Serbia and these places. And it's like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. And, you know, it, there was it, genocide, right? Well, it started out like that. But, yeah. but, you know, that and that's why the Croatians, they mined their border. They don't mm -hmm. want anything to do with it. 
because the Serbs have been trying to kill the Croatians and the Muslims for, they've been killing each other for years. Mm. So, yes, the Serbs started that whole thing. Trying I, to I have no the, idea. Well, they did. They tried yeah. the whole beginning of that when the UN went in and did fuck all except for watch them do it. Was, I heard it was about that ethnic, shit. ethnic yeah. cleansing yeah. in the early 90s until Clinton, you know, decided to start going in and doing something about it. He sent bombers and shit, right? Well, the, yeah, because the Europeans weren't doing fuck all, and, yeah. the, and the UN's always been a tit. They haven't done anything since after World War II. I don't know, really man. Black Hawk of, Down was a good sign that the UN works. Black Hawk Down? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I've got some Ranger friends that would definitely agree with that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Fucking joke. Yeah. So, you know, just seeing... And then it... It started out as ethnic cleansing, but then the Muslims were doing the same things to them, right? Mm -hmm. You know, the rape camps, lining people up in the water and going around behind them, not shooting them, hitting them with a sledgehammer on top of the head. Yeah. You know, I mean, they had these guys just, and they they were all doing the same thing. Yeah. Or a big wooden mallet. Just hit them, and whether they died or not, they fell face first in the water, so then they drowned. Fucking drowned, yeah. And, you know, you just find shit like that, and it just really... By the time I got to Iraq, there wasn't anything to bother me. Yeah. Not a fucking thing. Yeah. You know, get shot at. He's like, whatever. Mm. You know, in Afghanistan, we get, got mortared. Mm-hmm. And the colonel would be like, where the fuck were you? And I said, like, I was sleeping. Yeah. I just, I just couldn't be asked with it. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I mean. You're like, turn that shit down. That's right. <laughs> when, I, when I came back in 99, well, I was it was 97 or 98 before I came back with Imka. Mm. <laughs> Imka's a good story, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mom and dad will attest to it. I was kind of fucked up. I went up to Bamp for like a week and just hibernated. Yeah. Because it just it tweaked my, my yeah, brain. Man. And then, you know, never even really thought about PTSD until, um, what was that lady's name when me and Joy had her? Oh, Donna? Donna. Yeah. She ran the tests and stuff, and mm. we couldn't figure out, you know, I could be watching a comedy and start bawling. Yeah. But Joy would be sitting there in front of me crying, and I just got hard as a rock. It's like, mm-hmm. what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. You know, knowing good and damn well, I was wrong. Yeah. yeah. But I'm just like, what's wrong with you? What are you yeah. crying about? You know, so we did all that. And so. It's that trauma, man. Yeah, and you know, I never really gave it, well, I, might have, I never gave it a second thought as far as the PTSD, mm-hmm. but it really wasn't that big of a deal until guys started rotating back from the second Iraq war and mm-hmm. from Afghanistan. Yeah. And that beginning of the 2000s is when it really came in. But reading a history of PTSD, they used to call it shell shock. Mm-hmm. And it's been around, they've known about this shit since World War One. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many guys in Britain and well, probably in Canada and the U.S. as well and every other country that was involved in World War One ended up in a sane asylum just getting electroshock treatment, mm-hmm. right? Thousands. I heard stories about the guys coming back from World War II yeah. from morphine and all the oh, shit yeah. that they were doing. Yeah, yeah. you know, I, I have all the respect up. in the world for some of these old, well, there's not very many on left, you know, yeah. World War II vets that actually were able to maintain. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, I'm not talking about guys that sat in the back and the rear, right? These guys were part of D-Day on the beach, mm-hmm. and they managed to function until they're 100 years old. I just got goosebumps. Like, how do you, you leave know? after... I mean, I can obviously we can't imagine what it's really like to get off that fucking boat and oh, yeah. like yeah. make your ass towards the beach, yeah. right? But what is life like for you after that? 
if you survive. Well, that's it, right? Right. Like, I mean, and, and then you so you just have all the respect in the world for those guys. Yeah. And the well, I, I mean, I respect any vet, any first responder, any vet, anybody mm -hmm. who's willing to put their life on the line for pennies and little yeah. or no love, really. Yeah. You know, cops these days have got it rough. You can't even really be a fireman without somebody picking mm -hmm. on you. Why didn't you do this? You know, yeah. did you just assign me a gender? Shit like that. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Just, I'm just thinking about that. <laughs> that meme? That yeah. meme on, on Facebook. We, we're going to rescue you, ma'am. Did you assume <laughs> my gender? She was dead when I got there, officer. Yeah, I, I love that fucking meme, man. That is so it just funny. It kills me, man. Yeah. But no, I mean, really, you know, first responders and all these guys, I just, you know, and, that, and that's why we put, I don't do a lot outside anymore, but all of the um, programs that I donate and I support, time or whatever to mm. have to do with military or first responders. Mm. You know, I met a, and I didn't know about it until a couple of years ago, I met a um, uh, Alberta sheriff mm -hmm. come off a plane from Vegas and he was coming back from Mighty Oaks. And Mighty, Mighty Oaks, Oaks is a program in the States. They have um, in California and in Texas, I believe, where they deal with first responders and military, helping them to get through mm traumatic stuff he was yeah. involved in a shooting right yeah and they take doesn't matter they don't care what country you're from mm -hmm. you know wow. and it's free Good for them fuck it's free really you know they ba they base it on donations yeah so i mean <sighs> it's monthly them. something i give you know canadian what's Wood the Warriors, name of it again uh, mighty oaks mighty oaks okay yeah. yeah they they don't charge these guys anything mm -hmm. and it's all it's all based on donations okay you know that's cool, man. That's so good to you're know. basically when you're when you give them thirty five bucks or whatever it is a month or how much ever you can give, they don't ask for anything specific. Mm -hmm. That money goes to sponsor a soldier or some first responder who is struggling. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, to just to make it. Well, that's a good donation. And to not you know not be one of those twenty two a day. Yeah, right. What and are that, the numbers I mean, now? Is this still twenty two a day, bro? Yeah, it's still between twenty and twenty two a day. Is it? Fuck. They just can't. Well, they're coming back so many now. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's, they got the, there's a new program. I haven't really had time to look at it. It's, it's um, something to do with giving them houses. Mm -hmm. And you'll see Mark Wahlberg on TV yeah. promoting it. And what they do is, and the, but the waiting list is like two yeah. or 3,000 people. We've got a program like that starting mm -hmm. here in, the, in uh, November, I believe it is. Yeah. And I think it's a part of housing, housing heroes, heroes and something, yeah. something like that. Yeah. What a great idea. What a yeah. great program. You know, so. And that's for the longest time, like the Wounded Warrior Project is where I started mm -hmm. with the first time in the States years ago. Well, now you got us involved in that yeah. too, man. And then, you know, they, like so many charities or organizations that are supposed to help, mm. they went sideways and yeah. then they lost all their sponsors, right? So they kicked yeah. out the top guys, said, because yeah. the, guy, the guy ended up spending like $3 million on some party. Oh, and it was just fucking brutal. Yeah. You know, and especially so, cause that 3 million was supposed to go to vets. Yeah. So yeah. now Harley stepped up, Carhartt stepped up. They redid the whole thing. Yeah. The dude makes the guy who administers the program, who would be your CEO yeah. makes about as much as the guy who administers Salvation Army. Yeah. Perfect. And, which is a little over a hundred thousand yeah. dollars a year, but he's a busy dude. Yeah. You no know, shit and, he is. And, you know, and this is why, you know, I argue with people about giving money to anything that has the UN attached to it. Mm. You, I don't know if you've read it. They're going broke, right? 
the UN school. I didn't read that. No. And you go broke when everybody needs their own chauffeur-driven Rolls Royce. Yeah. And a condo in New York. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Fucking easy. And so you know, I mean, UNICEF is the only one that's actually gotten better in the mm. last five years. So I'm just real cautious with that. And and I, mm. the thing is, with all of the things I give to the PTSD studies and mm. trying, you know. You hate to see people always medicated. Yeah. You know, but that that is like me at work. You know, mm-hmm. my boss got to the point where he was like, Did you take your fucking pills this morning? Mm-hmm. I'm like, you're ready to snap him in half, right? <laughs> Fuck you, bro. I don't need your fucking pills. <laughs> <laughs> see the veins? Yeah, those veins. <laughs> those are my pills, bro. <laughs> you know, you, you, so there's got to be other ways, right? And, yeah. and and they're they're working on it. But, you know, part of the problem is getting people to even talk about it mm-hmm. because some of them are just embarrassed right yeah and you but know like tell me what so what is there to be embarrassed about because what you say we'll just talk about you because you just said what you saw some of the yeah. stuff you saw there's nothing embarrassing about seeing that and reacting to it in a very healthy way which is to be traumatized yeah right yeah. like no there's not but for for a lot of these guys that come back and see mine had nothing to do with me having to actually fight and kill people. Yeah. That's not where mine all originated from. It mm-hmm. was just from the shit that I saw happening mm-hmm. and what I discovered. Yeah. So for me to talk about that, I, I lost feeling mm-hmm. as far as, you know, feeling bad for people yeah. or whatever the case may be is different than a guy who went over to Iraq, killed the 200 terrorists, doesn't even realize comes back, never got shot, never got nothing, mm-hmm. comes back, can't sleep at night. His wife finds him in the corner crying like a baby. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to admit that to anybody yeah. because he's a badass who went yeah. there. Yeah. So it's, you that know, makes sense. they, I mean, it's not ego. It's just that they don't know how to get over the fact that they are supposed to be iron tough, mm-hmm. but tough as steel. Yeah. That shouldn't bother me. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, see people get shot, and I've been shot at, and it does, it sucks. Yeah. You know? And if you're the one that's doing that, and if you can imagine being in some of these places in Iraq where they're going house to house, and you're shooting somebody who's 10 feet away from you, 5 feet away from you, you're watching them bleed out or their head explode. Mm -hmm. You know? And so these kind of guys, it's not not the easiest thing for them to do is to talk about it. Yeah, well, that see that makes sense to me, and I, I probably and I mean, the problem is with yeah, sorry, but no, the no, problem no, is the VA and Canada's I don't think is much better, probably worse now, but the VA in the United States has been so ass backwards mm-hmm. for forever yeah. that they don't even take time to talk to these guys. Mm-hmm. They come back and. You know, they're having different anxiety issues or whatever the case may be. And the next thing you know, they got 10 bottles of 10 different pills. Mm -hmm. And, you know, then they're alcoholics, drug addicts. Mm -hmm. They're in deep depression and they're one of the 22 a day. Yeah. And, and, well, I don't know what happened to him. Mm -hmm. What the fuck you mean? You don't know what happened to him. We know what fucking happened. If you took fucking 10 minutes to talk to the guy Mm -hmm. and break through that shell, which is normally all it takes. Yeah. If somebody would listen to that, and, it, and it's weird, and I don't, I don't understand it, the spousal part, it doesn't seem to be working. How so? If the spouses don't really know what they should be talking yep. about and how to address it, yeah. and in most cases, it's just, you know, you're okay, you're mm-hmm. okay, you're home. Yeah. 
that's not what they need. Not they me. need some. They need a professional to talk them through to get them to open up about and that. educate them. Right. And that's right. Yeah. And educate them on what's going on. They don't need somebody to give them ten different antidepressants and how no. many ever pills. They don't need that. Yeah. You know, and guy if they comes do, back with no fucking arms. Yeah. And all you're going to tell him is, make sure your wife gives you these ten pills. You'll be fine. No, he won't. Yeah. No, he yeah. won't. No, he surely fucking won't. And not if you're just like lining up the pills and sending them out, right? Like and that's, that's, you know, like you watch some of these, and some of these TV shows are not, you know, the documentaries are brutal. Mm-hmm. But even some of the ones that come on your regular TV stations that are supposed to be entertainment, that shit gets deep in some of them. Mm. And it's not far from the reality yeah. of it. You know, guy goes in, sees a doctor, says he thinks this is wrong, take these pills. Yeah. Goes out into the car, grabs his pistol, and shoots himself in the head. Yeah. That's it. Well, and, and people wouldn't might not know, like, if you get diagnosed with something and the doctor says you're going to have to take these pills, you're looking at the rest of your life taking those pills. You're not just thinking about today. Yeah. Yeah. You're thinking, I have to take this shit for the rest of my life. And frankly, as a person who has chronic pain, that is a fucking option. Yeah. Right? When, when it gets so bad, um, and I know it's not just for me, it's for people that I work with that have chronic pain or have PTSD, and it's the same idea, right? Like you just, people don't understand that when it comes, like, like when you, when you can look at joy and be cold as ice. Yeah. Like they, we don't, they don't get it because they don't, not enough education about how that trauma affects the brain to just totally make you emotionless. Right. Yeah. Like to the point where you can literally be cold. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, I, I still all shut down. Yeah. I mean, and that's, it's one of the reasons I did so well in China because I just shut off. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's somebody's yakking, and I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> are you fucking done? Yeah. You know, when trauma can we get com- on with it now? When trauma comes to our aid. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, and, it, and it, not that I, after Donna, I never really, you know, we kind of understood. Mm-hmm. I kind of understood. And for, on my side of it, I mean, pain, I can't do anything about. I'm yeah. old, my knees are broken. and But for as far as the anxiety yeah. and the sleep, it's not something I ever had to do all the time. Yeah. Like when I saw my doctor today, I asked him when was the last time he gave me Ativan. Mm. It was January 2018 was okay. the last time yeah. I got that prescription. Yeah. So that bottle had lasted until mm-hmm. now. Right? Yeah. And, you know, so it, it, but some guys, they, they don't get any, like finding out that it, that was one of the reasons mm-hmm. with Donna and then talking to her for the couple of days that we stayed with her um, helped. Yeah. You know. Help sort shit out, probably. You know, but I mean, you, you know, I mean, normal people get anxious, man. Yeah. And, you know, and so, you know, when I started to get that way, then I would just take one. And unfortunately, they were just a really small dosage. Yeah. So I I'm count myself blessed and fortunate that, you know, I that fact got that came out before I really hurt somebody, mm-hmm. you know, and it, or yourself you know, man. or myself, yeah. you know, that that got uh out in the open and and joy understands it and she knows you know like sometimes we'll be in the grocery store and i'll just fucking snap Mm -hmm. you know yeah (laughs) so we don't use self-checkouts anymore yeah Cause you know, be, me no likey frustration <laughs> we're, we're sitting there doing it i'm just cussing and beating it and, and i turn around and molly and joy are gone <laughs> get the, so i get the shit and i go inside they're like you feel better <laughs> actually i do that's that's like fucking heather man sometimes i'm so like 
tech started, I started pounding it and she's just like, oh my God. <laughs> just eyes roll, like what? <laughs> so now I've just taken the, you know, self-checkouts over here and I'm just like, mm-hmm. I don't fucking work here. And I get in line. Yeah. Get me a cashier. Or I go to customer service. Yeah. And make them do it. Yeah. Because I just can't be asked to do it, man. That, yeah, it's fair, man. I mean, be, besides, they just piss me off and then I just dig into it and it's like, well, that's somebody's job. Yeah. Fucking do this. Yeah. I think it's like innate, like deeply ingrained though. <coughs> I don't want to take someone's job. I just don't. Yeah. Right. Like I don't want to be, but then again, we're going to have to like embrace the reality that some of these jobs are going to be automated. Oh, right. Well, I mean, it's going to get worse. And now. hopefully we get people a paid a living wage or something <sighs> like that. Right. But anyway, well, when you have to work three or four jobs to get by, it's kind of fucked up. Yeah. That is fucked up. You know? Because there's lots of people that do work three or four jobs. Well, I mean, that's that's why <laughs> I don't want to get into policy, but that's why the government says, yeah. you know, hey, we've created this many jobs. Well, the same person's working two or three of them. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, 40,000 jobs split between 10,000 people. people. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> yeah. You know, because nobody wants to do full-time anymore. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean... Joy's like, I was just talking to mom and dad too. And they're like, what are you going to do? I said, well, I've got to go back overseas. Yeah. You know, every job that I look at here, by the time I've seen it, there's already 400 fucking applicants. Yeah. And it just tips me right over. And you know, then, and then everybody's just leaving, right? Well, fucking Husky just laid off a bunch of people too. Well, I was just going to say that Husky just did that. People who were waiting until the results of this, not that I think anymore. I mean, the one thing I will give, Mr. Trudeau and the Liberals credit for is they have opened my eyes to the way Alberta and the West has been fucked mm. for a hundred years. Mm-hmm. Period. By everybody. Yeah. Doesn't matter. So at this point, and then for this election, I mean, I just voted the lesser of the evils, right? Yeah. You know? Who'd you vote Sing, for? It's, Singh's a terrorist, loves terrorists. <laughs> uh, Trudeau's a terrorist, loves yeah. terrorists, pays well, terrorists, Trudeau gives is them money. Actually. I think and May, she loves terrorists too. And she doubled down on it three days ago. So the only Bernier was an extension of Trudeau. So it left sheer. And that's the only reason I voted for him is because he was the lesser of the evil as far as I was concerned. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, because anybody who can sit there and say that a terrorist has integrity is not going to get my vote. Well, I just want to talk, because this is something actually I was thinking about with you and, and this Trudeau thing, because I read the, uh, the fucking ethics report. Yeah. And so what baffles me now this and I and I know I don't know anything about politics, like very little. Right. But what baffles me is that after reading that report, any fucking citizen of this country would vote for that prick. Yeah. Like, seriously, yeah. like he lies so much. And he's actually been convicted of it, found guilty. Yeah. of it. But it's like a two hundred dollar fine. So, I mean, for <laughs> a rich kid, you're the prime minister, it's a, it's a drop in the bucket. Yeah. You know, so you sit there. And you're like, Have you read that report, man? No, yeah, like it's it's pretty like, it's pretty shitty, man, right? Like it's pretty shitty. And don't get me wrong, I I, I don't care what people voted for, whatever. You know, and I just wonder how that like openly a crook can get voted in twice. Yeah, I mean, we just baffles me. Pretty well, much, Canada's shown that they're stupid, that it's okay to be corrupt, and it's okay to lie, and it's okay to support terrorists, and the whole you could just keep going with this guy. I think that's more of the east of us, though, hey, like the eastern. Well, but Canada. they were they were yet last night. I mean, I went to bed early because it just crashed. But <laughs> yeah, I was talking to Jamie today, right? And he said that at eight thirty, the polls were just closing here 
and they were already calling a liberal minor, minority government. Yeah. And so that's what goes back to what I just said. The one thing that I've done is a lot more research on how Western Canada, specifically Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Alberta, mm -hmm. have been treated in comparison to our fellow Easterners mm -hmm. over the last 100 years. Yeah. And it, Harper didn't do fuck all. I mean, Kenny's a federalist, mm -hmm. so what's he going to do? He's talking about calling an equalization referendum in 2021. <laughs> we'll call it tomorrow, bro. Mm. Quit signing the checks. Yeah. You know, Quebec, dude, block, the dude from the block got up and said they're their own nation. Let them pay their own fucking bills then. Mm. You know, Alberta gives them $40 billion a year in taxes to Ottawa. Mm. And then another, what, 12 or $13 billion goes to Quebec on top of that? I had no idea. It's brutal. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I needed some pills. Greg's, he's, he's wondering, he's like, why did my brother take me down this pathway? I know. Starting right? to get all hot now. Yeah. <laughs> and the sunnier subjects like PTSD. Yeah. yeah sunnier subjects. Well, but, to, right. but actually to go back to PTSD and, and what you're talking about in the States with wounded warriors, um, the good news is, is that I think Canada is, has turned some kind of corner because some of the veterans that I know and I speak to have been a part of like the Wounded Warriors Canada. Yeah. And they have some, like, they have, like, a retreat. Oh, they have some great programs. Yeah, now. great stuff. Yeah, yeah. They do. I, I've not only bought T-shirts and donated money, yeah. but I've read about what they're doing. And, and now that I'm home, I might be able to actually be involved in some of that. But mm -hmm. I've never been around long enough to actually go to any of these. I can't ride motorcycles anymore because of my hands and stuff. But, you know, they had bikes. You can't ride bikes no more? No, can't hang on, man. Really? Yeah, I got about 10 minutes. And, and your I, hands are I just too. Let go, yeah. Oh shit! And this this part of my forearms all tweaked the tendons in there. Yeah. And I it just can't hold it. Shit. Doesn't even matter what kind of motorcycle it yeah. is. I just I just can't. Can't hang hold it. it. Damn, that's a bummer. You <laughs> like your motorcycle, eh? Yeah. Even driving the car, by the time I hit 64th, this hand was tweaked like really? in six different directions. Fuck, dude! I get the same thing in my <laughs> hands, yeah, man. My hands, it's just brutal, We're, man. Getting we, old sucks. I've got the fucking worst of my dad. I got his back, right? You got your hands. I wonder <laughs> whose fucking legs I got. Probably my mom's. My mom's knees. Well, I, I think I got mom's. <laughs> I got mom's knees, and I yeah. didn't help all the beating on them that I did in my youth. But yeah, you know. So yeah, yeah. The the politics stuff. I try. I try, I try to stay away from it now. Yeah. Because with. You know, I've always had a touch of OCD since I was mm -hmm. a kid. And when I tell you what, when I start to get, you know, from the PTSD, when I start getting anxious, then oh, I just, yeah. I can get stuck on a subject yeah. and just not come off. Yeah. And <laughs> gets pretty scary. I, you know, it does. Yeah. You know, because I mean, I've had guys that I've known for, you know, 11 years in China, they'd just turn around and walk away now. Yeah. Because I start just going. Yeah. And, you know, then my boss shows up and he's like, dude. <laughs> Go take your pill. <laughs> you know well, you, you got, have to report all that, yeah, right? Yeah. Like it's part of my medical history with Chevron. I'd report that I was diagnosed PTSD, mm -hmm. and this is what I take yeah. when I need it. Yeah. Because it, well, I mean, if you don't, it comes up in your blood work or your piss or whatever that yeah. you're on opiates and yeah, whatever the hell else. So yeah, and you're better just to tell the truth anyway. Yeah, I mean, I, I've never lied about it. Yeah, and, you know the fact that it's an American company and I, I'm a U.S. Army vet went a long way with a lot yeah. of people. I bet it did. You know, because yeah. I mean, the Chinese doctors were like, well, he's got this, and they they were just shut down. I laughed. I was yeah. laughing. 
That's good. When I, when I first went in there, I was after, like the third, they didn't even start doing those tests until like the third or fourth year I worked for Chevron. Mm -hmm. And then we had these big medicals, right? And the, <laughs> yeah, God bless him. And I knew his name was Dr. Sam, big, tall Chinese guy, great guy. Mm -hmm. But he just could not get over the fact that I had so much shit in my piss. Yeah. And, and the finally, fact that you could function, yeah. yeah, I probably scared the shit out of him. <laughs> I mean, it went all the way to where the the guys in Chengdu, like the asset manager who's like second in charge in China, came down and was like, "Leave him the fuck alone." Yeah. The guy's name is Ron Casperger, and apparently he lost his dad in Korea. Oh shit! And so, being a vet, I usually at that level compared to my level I would never talk to those guys mm. yeah. but it's, it seemed like as soon as people found out I was a US Army vet mm. and what I did after that after active duty yeah. in supporting the military people kind of opened up and talked to me mm. and stuff and so when that happened he came down from Chengdu mm. and he quashed it and I just yeah. laughed I was like Sam I told you bro yeah and I'd known Sam for a couple of years I said yeah. dude I did not want to get you in trouble but you can't, you can't fuck with me on this yeah so Oh, good. You know, it's good they supported you. Yeah. You know, I mean, the way it looks now, I'm going next month, I'm going to go down to the States and, and uh, check on my permanent residence and my vet status because I may end up going to work in Texas. Oh, really? Well, I don't want to, I don't want to go back to the Middle There's East. There's lots of work in Texas, man. I don't want to go back to the Middle East. I'm pretty much given up here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's either that because I can take, I can. I don't blame you, dude. Texas is booming. Yeah. Sorry, I could take a I could yeah. take a year's worth of cash and go to the Philippines, oh. but then Molly would be, you know, she wouldn't be very happy about that. Yeah, well, are you are you guys planning on staying until Molly's done high school? Then? That's the idea. Yeah. yeah, and I don't need to cause her any more issues. You know, she's she's doing good. So she's a good kid, man. I don't want to do that. Yeah, Joy was pushing up that line. I said, no, we're not going to do it. I'll she, figure something out. You know what, dude? It'll that stability she gets now will benefit her later. Yeah, yeah. As you fucking know. I know. Because we yeah. moved around. We like moved around crazy a lot. Now. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, we're the pictures, the pillars of health now in our, in our adulthood. But there were some yeah. rough years yeah, there. there. A couple years there that didn't really go very well. There was a couple years, man. Dude, but you know what? Going back and thinking about some of the stuff that you got to do afterwards and then that I got to do by proxy because I was your brother, I come and visit you and stay with you in Italy and yeah. shit. Like, yeah. dude, that was. I could not replace that time with other time, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, and the fact that we did like a total drug run from like Amsterdam down to Italy <laughs> with a brick of hash. We uh. treated this brick of hash like it was this fucking kilos of cocaine. <laughs> Dude, are we going to get pulled over? I hope we don't get pulled over. It's like this little brick of hash. Yeah. <laughs> but I think Italy, we would have went to jail for a while for that. Probably. So, yeah. But they had a lot of it though. They yeah, had, they just had it. It was everywhere. Yeah, and that fucking game on PlayStation. What was that? Worms. Oh, worms, man. Yeah, battle worms. <laughs> battle worms. Battle worms. Yep. Battle worms and pizza pops. Yeah. Well, we got the little dog high. Yeah. yeah. Battle worms <laughs> and pizza pops. What was that dog's name? Dude. Dude. That that's right. Dude. It was dude. That's French hilarious. bulldog. Yeah. That's hilarious. What was the little black one's name though? The other one was it? Uh, it was a girl, wasn't it? Yeah, Celine. Celine, yeah. yeah. I think that's the one that we got high. That uh, could have been. Yeah, maybe both of them. A little black. Well, she was all fucked up anyway. Yeah. <laughs> she couldn't. We couldn't. When I would go home, <laughs> when I was still with Nicole, when I would go home, 
She had to bring her outside because the dog would piss all over herself. Right? Hmm? See me and just start pissing. Really? I mean, just go on her back and just be pissing all over the place. Holy oh shit, God. dude. I think your dog had PTSD. I know. You think it was connected to <laughs> us getting her high? <laughs> maybe it was contagious. <laughs> <laughs> I sure hope not. Uh, I really don't think anyone out there should get their dogs or cats high. Don't, don't do that shit. Like, unless it's catnip or whatever. Yeah, it's kind of funny watching them, though. Oh, right? Yeah. <laughs> Man, we were awful. That's awful. Dude, is there anything else you want to talk about? No, I think, you know, we've kind of gone through it, man. I mean, you know, I did did my thing. Mm-hmm. And like I said, Iraq. I mean, Afghanistan, I was only there for like 52 days or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was quiet when I was there. Yeah. 2005, it was just easy. Bagram Air Base to uh, Kabul was, I had no issues. Yeah. I mean, Nate went over and took over for me there for a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah, that's right. Nate yeah. was over there. And I would have never done that. I would have never asked him to do that if I thought it was dangerous. Yeah. I mean, it went to shit like a year and a half later. Yeah, it wasn't day very long. <laughs> it yeah. wasn't very long. Yeah. But uh, that was that was actually, you know, that was the end of that career, right? But you guys were probably laying the groundwork for their next 10-year war, right, or whatever. It well, was. yeah. I mean, you look at it now. I mean, the guys are still there. Yeah. I've still got guys that I worked with back in, like, in Bosnia and Italy that are older than me that are still mm-hmm. in Afghanistan doing the same shit. Really? And it's just like, really? Holy shit, you man. Know, come on. How do you do it? No, I mean, after that long, I mean, they just get stuck in a rut, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, I don't know what else to do. <laughs> you need to do something. You know, Joy's brilliant idea was that I go into Seismic. That was a good idea. The first place I went was southern Sudan. <laughs> Thanks, honey. How was, how was that? How was that? Oh, dude. I was, I was basically, I was about 20 kilometers south of the north-south border. Mm-hmm. And so there was still 10-year-olds with AK-47s. Yeah. And there was still the, uh, what do they call them? SPLA was the Southern People's Liberation Army or some mm. shit. And they were running around and half of them had no bullets. Mm-hmm. And the weapons they did have hadn't been cleaned. You know, we used to get guys coming in, and we had we were hella portable. Mm-hmm. So I had I had jet fuel for the helicopter. Yeah, and they'd come in and say, "We want diesel." Well, how many diesel? Mm-hmm. You have a big tank right there. I said, "That's jet fuel, bro. I'll give you all you want." Yeah. No, we want your diesel. Like I said, I don't have diesel. Yeah. Uh, you can try. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be smoking that big cigar while you're right by it, but yeah. you can go ahead and try, man. It's only jet A one. You might you might survive. <laughs> Yes. You know, but I mean, the only difference between there and, and going to Iraq was I didn't have a weapon. Yeah. You know, I, I did end up fixing that after about the second hitch, I think. In Sudan? Yeah. yeah. Somebody came in and pointed one at me and I just took it. Yeah. And it was empty. There was fucking cobwebs in the magazine. <laughs> and, I, and then I just started chewing them out for you know, my brain, right? Started chewing them out for not cleaning his weapon. <laughs> I mean, to come in here and point a dirty weapon at me with no bullets in it. <laughs> what the hell's the matter with you? you no, know, we usually get pulled over on the road. You know, they'd pop out of the bush, right, and pull us over. We need a ride. <laughs> okay. But you ain't getting in the car with those weapons loaded. Yeah. Fucking guys would give us their bullets <laughs> before they got in the car. <laughs> and I'm just looking at them going, oh, man, get in. <laughs> I, always, I always get those stories confused, man, I, because it's like, the brain can't make sense of it. You're no. like, dude, you're not getting in here with those bullets. Oh, okay. Here's your bullet. Here's the bullets. Yeah. <laughs> and <I'm... laughs> what's the what's the purpose? And they're still outside the car. You know, 
<laughs> what's the purpose of stopping someone at gunpoint only to give them your bullets? Yeah. And then you get in, in through, you know, 90% of the time, I would say that that happened. We would I'd take okay, them. shit. It happened more than once or twice. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. my God. And you know, 90% of the time what happened, you'd get them to where they wanted to go because it was on the way to like the explosives, the magazine or wherever what I was going to. And they give me a, a mobile one carton with goat milk and say, thank you for the ride. That's the story I tell people all the time. Yeah. So they, they pull you over milk. at gunpoint, give you the bullets before they're in the car, and then give you goat milk to thank you. And I, I just could never get my head. I was like, okay. Those are kind of my favorite yeah. hostage takers right yeah, there. You're welcome. <laughs> you know, I mean, we did have one guy, one of my guy that worked with me, one of the other health and safety guys. He got taken for four days and he was held in yeah. a hut. Yeah. Him and the helicopter pilot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, they're brainy, right? Yeah. You have to charge those. Helicopters are like planes. The batteries die. Yeah. You have to charge them. Yeah. In most cases. I don't know about newer ones, but these are old Russian mill eights, right? Mm. So they land, they shut it down, the dudes come out, take them into this hut and say, you're not going anywhere, we want this amount of money, whatever it was. Yeah. And it took four days for us to get them the money. And then we left the helicopter. Yeah. Just left it? We just left it. <laughs> I mean, eventually they went back and got it. But they had to get an engineer to come down and... You Charge know, technical it. technical guys from Khartoum to come all the way down south. Because we were down way south on the swamp on that one. And it's like, you know... But they... You know, apparently they got really pissed and they, they hit the pilot. And one of his crew guys. Because after two days... They wanted to fly somewhere. The helicopter wouldn't fire, right? Yeah. And you're sitting there going, well, what did you expect? Yeah. You know? Of course it's not going to fire. we got no gas, yeah, and it's you, got no power. It's got gas, but it's just got no juice no to juice. fire it. <laughs> so, yeah, those Russian guys were pretty cool, though. Yeah? Yeah, they, they were all right. They, they let me fly once. Yeah? <laughs> Never do it again. Did they let you fly the fucking oh, chopper? Oh, yeah, man. I Get got out. up there, and they let, he's like, he, he took it off. I didn't want to mess with it. And he's like, okay, you got it? And I'm like, yeah. So, you know, we're tootling along, and I'm piddling with the pedals, and the back's going like this, and the guys in the back are going, you know. Because <laughs> he, he wasn't about to drop them off and then let me fly. Yeah. He's like, no, nah, you fly with 20 people in the back, right? Oh, good call. So I'm knocking those guys all over, and then he's like, Greg, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're a little bit high. And I, he's like, and I looked down. I was like, oh shit! <laughs> you know, you get up past like fifteen thousand helicopters. No, there's no air to. You the air gets breathe. thin, and it just starts. Yeah. You know, helicopter won't catch. Oh, because they're so high. That's right. Because <laughs> there's less oxygen. That's Jesus. Right. So yeah. He, he's like, we're a little bit high. <laughs> he's like, next time, just remember, it's like a lady's clitoris. Is that what he said? Easy. <laughs> He was definitely Being Russian. Gentle. Yeah, he was definitely <laughs> Russian. I'm like, dude. I've yet to meet a Russian I don't like, though, man. Like, the, I, you know what? All this stuff in the news about the Russians, I'm like, dude, I love the Russians. They are bananas. Oh, yeah. Like, right. they are straight up bananas. Have you ever seen some of the videos, like, on YouTube? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, Russian guy takes AK-47 into the woods, like, seriously, and just shoots the shit out of everything? Yeah. Yeah, unreal. Just for no reason. Just yeah, for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> Oh right! Oh yeah. <laughs> Have you seen like like the one? No. Just run. Really? Yeah, yeah no, you can. Everybody's just silent, like. Yeah. Okay. And they're like, "Oh, this That's is normal." normal. 
<laughs> I th- actually think I saw that because it was a guy from who, like the tanker guys, took the tank, didn't they? I can't remember. And they drove by. I, I'm picturing the video in my head where I feel like they drove by like a little corner store in, in Russia. Well, whatever a corner store is with like people drinking vodka out front. And yeah, it was like farmers or something like that. I thought it was a tank that drove through. Anyway, well, I love the Russians. Well, that's so. the thing with them Russians and that vodka, man. Yeah. Dude. They get to drinking that and it's over. Yeah, man. Yeah. Totally. I love it. I love the crazy Russians. It's their vegetable. Their vegetable. Hey, potatoes. <laughs> wasn't, it, wasn't it just recently they finally um, considered bo- uh, beer an alcohol? Yeah. Alcoholic beverage? It was just a couple of years ago, wasn't it? Yeah. That's how awesome the Russians are, man. <laughs> they thought be beer was soda pop. Yeah. Yes. Really? Yeah, it's got to be a certain percentage? 5%. That's still soda pop? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, like those Eastern Bloc countries, they have zero tolerance, right? For for driving. If you're you, drunk? If you blow anything over zero, yeah. you go to jail and lose your license. Really? I mean, we, we got away with it a lot when we were going from Hungary up, mm-hmm. but they couldn't pull us over. Yeah. You know, we didn't have to stop. Yeah. That was part of the agreement. We never had to stop. Yeah. If you got in the way, we just ran you over. Yeah. And there was a few cops that got a mirror. Got a mirror on the oh, side of the head yeah. or whatever. <laughs> yeah. you, you, you move over. I didn't, re- didn't want to hit nobody. Yeah. But, you know, we had those old 1984, call it a Cup V, it was a Blazer, mm. two-door Blazer. Yeah. Big old eight-cylinder diesel. Yeah. And you just rock and roll, and that big old, the, the what do they call it, the cattle bar or whatever. Oh, yeah. In the front. And we carried spray paint. Yeah. For the cars that got in the way. It was just move or get move. moved. Shit. Yeah. Well, and you see that here, too, with the... You know, when you're doing like a convoy or something like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, the cop cars got them. Yeah. Most of them got some sort of bar on the front. To push which people. is which is weird that the city police have them because they can't ram, like the RCMP can ram, but then again, the RCMP can murder Indigenous children and get away with it, right? So yeah, the RCMP can do pretty much whatever they want. In BC, they can just pull you over for shits and giggles. Yeah, they they're they're fucked, man. That's just such a fucked organization. Every for some reason, like almost every other episode, I mention the RCMP. And get myself worked up. Well, I, I don't know why. I, and I, do I don't it. blame you because I'm sitting there and I'm looking at who runs them. Yeah. Their new commandant or whatever. I mean, that chick, come on. And I, I don't care if it's a woman. Yeah. But, you know, where there's no integrity left. There's none. At that level. And it's the same with the governments. There's no integrity left. Yeah. You know, everybody's shit is out the window. Yeah. You know, you're not. And that's, you know, as much as Trump is a douche. He has just flipped everybody upside down. Yeah. Because they don't know what to do with him. They have fucked. He has fucked everybody up. That's you know, true. He just, yeah. and I'm not agreeing with everything he does, but he's yeah. actually made some shit happen that just wasn't happening. Yeah. And why? Because he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. He's like, you don't want to do it? There's an executive order. Do it. Yeah. And it's done. Yeah. He's an interesting character. Yeah. Man. He, you know, I mean, and, and, you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, they blame everything. Trump's been there for three years. He is not responsible for 50 years of fucking up. That, that's <laughs> yeah. it. That's, that's the plain and simple. We, we can't act like all of a sudden they have a shitty president. Yeah. As though they never all, had all a shitty president All of a sudden the government before. doesn't work. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, look at you know, these senators that are running. Bernie Sanders, Pocahontas. <laughs> I like the hunchback Bernie Sanders. Sleepy Joe. <laughs> Sleepy <laughs> Joe Biden. They've been in the Senate for 50 years, <laughs> and now they're going to come out and be president and fix shit. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Sure you are. You know? Sneaky Joe, more like it. Sneaky Joe. Maybe even a little rapey Joe Biden, hey? Oh, he's a little... He's, <laughs> he's a total perv, man. Yeah. If you, 
Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's very hands on. <laughs> he's hands on like the Catholic Church. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's hands on like my old cardinal was. <laughs> Oh my god! And you know, you know what's fucked up about laughing about it is like, it, it's it's so tragic. It's funny, but it's also really tragic, right? Like oh, the, yeah. the reality is just. I mean, so we mock it tragic. and we laugh at it, but the, I mean. But how else those are we gonna... people? I mean, how, what do you do? Go beat up a priest? That's what I mean. Like, how else do right? you just not burn down a Catholic church? Like, you yeah. have to kind of like somehow compartmentalize that shit. <sighs> Which is awful, man. Like, but and this, you know, it falls into the whole thing. Like, you know, I'm I'm kind of glad that Dad doesn't preach anymore. Oh, buddy, because I just both. organized religion just tips me the fuck over. Yeah, man. And it really, I mean, it started really in the Bosnia time frame, because I've seen you had the Orthodox and so-called Christians and Muslims yeah. and Catholics and they all do the same shit. Yeah. You know, to different extents, maybe, or maybe one started it and the other didn't. Mm -hmm. But, you know, nobody's clean. Yeah. Nobody's hands are clean. And organized religion is a bureaucracy. Oh, yeah. And it's worse than politics. Well, I it's, just, I think it's the underlying underpinnings of politics is what it is. Like, it's, it's know. almost like ancient Rome, right? Where well, you have, I mean, they suck you into believing that you need them to yeah. have a relationship with your higher power or that, you know, mm -hmm. if you're not a part of us, then there's just no way that you're going to see the pearly gates. Yeah. Well, I mean, not everybody believes there are pearly gates. They might believe there's a higher power, but they mm -hmm. don't necessarily believe that they're going to go to the same place that you want to go anyway. Yeah. So there's just so much wrong with organized religion, man. Yeah. I mean, and, it's, and, yeah. and, I, and that's one thing that me and Joy just don't even talk about because, yeah. you know, she's Catholic. Is she? And oh, yeah. Most oh, damn, most I got to watch my jokes around her then. I forgot. <laughs> she's because she's pretty good. Yeah. Because I, she gets it once in a while. Well, I imagine she's you know. used to it, but yeah. I also don't want to be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay for me. I, yeah. I, I give it to her every once in a while. Because <laughs> I still haven't gotten the answer to my question is, who told a priest that he's related to God and can forgive my sins? Yeah. I still haven't gotten that. And you know, I got Some kicked out bullshit, of the, bro. I got kicked out of the Marriott Airport Hotel in Gatwick for almost getting in a fist fight with a no, England. England, okay. For almost getting in a fist fight with uh, a Catholic bishop. In a an airport? In an airport bar. We are both hammered. Dude! <laughs> Boom! <laughs> and the, the bartender was like, you guys are both fucking cut off. Get out. Yeah. I'm like, dude, all I did is, get out. Yeah. And it was <laughs> big, big old dude. And I'm like, fucking Catholics? I can't even fucking drink now. Yeah. And I left. <laughs> And the whole th and, uh, and the argument started because I asked him, "Who made you a fucking apostle? Yeah. Where does it say that priests, bishop, cardinals are related to the apostles or Jesus, and you can forgive my sins?" Mm. That's the only question I have. If you can give me a fucking answer, I will convert right now. Mm. And he couldn't do it. Well, of course he couldn't do it. You know, it's an assumption. Mm. An assumption from where? You know, it's been a while since I read the whole Bible, but I'm pretty sure it doesn't say anywhere in there that, oh, yeah, Catholic priests can forgive your sins because they're related to one of the apostles. Mm. Well, although I wouldn't be shocked if it did say that in there because it was written probably by a Catholic priest. It might be. Right? It might like say the, that now. Yeah. But it's been, you know, yeah. dubbed and redubbed. But there's just but, so much bullshit in those books, man. Yeah, like, I just, you know. Right? And, and I don't know about you, man, but 
so what was that like for you? Because, like, to be honest with you, man, I am just a few, like, maybe a couple years clear of, like, just kind of dropping the whole Christianity bullshit. I, you know what, dude? I'm just a couple I years, man. I don't really call myself anything anymore. I'm yeah, I got done. nothing. Yeah. I, I do believe that there's a higher power, mm-hmm. and I still pray at night, you know, but I just can't be asked to be labeled. Mm-hmm. And it is, you know, I mean, everybody talks about being labeled. I'm not meaning it in the same way. I'm not going to label myself mm-hmm. as a Christian, a Catholic, a Mormon, a Muslim. I'll do what you want. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I'm not going to dog anybody for it. Yeah. Maybe the Catholics a little bit. But of course, Catholics, we got a common man. Like maybe just a little. You bit. can't fucking abuse children for two, however fucking long, and uh, not have it come. Well, you know, I mean, and I got to right? make sure that Joy knows I love her, so I got to fuck with her a little bit. Yeah, of course. Well, that's what we <laughs> do to our was, partners. If I was too quiet, then she would think something was wrong. Right? You know what Darcy does? Darcy's compiling like a scare video clips of him scaring the shit out of his wife and daughter. <laughs> Yeah, man. I bet you it is. I can't wait to see it because I know it'll be on YouTube at some point. Oh yeah. 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 So I mean, that it's been probably. Oh, I don't man. mean no offense, Joy. I, I I'm kind of kidding, but you know that church has it coming. Yeah. So I, I would say probably by the end of the '90s, I was done. Yeah. I, and that's, you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, you know how Dad was, when we were all, oh, it'd be so nice if you guys. Were, oh God. Yeah. You know what? Just. It'd be so out nice if you guys come to it church. Just, just come out with it. You don't have to try to manipulate it. Just come yeah. out and say, would like you to come. <laughs> and then I could say, nope. Yeah. No, thanks. <laughs> Except yeah, I, didn't... I will do my best, but I got stuck in the coffee shop. So yeah. <laughs> I was good, man. And then I sobered up because I was like, before I sobered up, I was relatively certain that God hated me. So I was, like, <laughs> I was leaving that shit in the past. Right. So, but then I sobered up, and like you said, when you got clean, God did it. And I knew, yeah. I didn't know that what God, which God it was or whose God it was. I wasn't sure it was mine because I didn't know I had one. Um, but so it was something separate from yeah. it, right? But it yeah. wasn't until the last, maybe last few years where I just said, I think it was what happened at Central to Dad. What yeah. they did to Dad at Central, it, it was like the nail in the coffin for me because I thought, this man gives 50 years. Yeah. 50 fucking years. And whether the religion is true or not is fucking irrelevant. Yeah. Because what is true is the man gave 50 years. Yeah, that's right. Right? And to be able to just turn around and stab him in the back like these people did, man, I, I was done. Well, I mean, and that was that was part of it when I came back from, uh, it was one of my visits from Bosnia talking to Keith Schnell and Lee Rain. Oh, God. After from the, the old Methodist After the church. Methodist church. Yeah. And I told both of them that I thought they were completely fucked. Yeah. I said, how you guys can judge? I mean, who, who made you God? Mm-hmm. I said, they were judging I mean, dad, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, and that's what yeah. I meant. Yeah. I said, you three were fucking tight. Yeah. And then you're going to tell me because he decided to go a different route mm-hmm. with the Wesleyan church that all of a sudden he's the fucking devil. Mm-hmm. As you know, you guys are fucked up. Right? Yeah, man. I said, I, I said, if anybody's getting judged right now, God is looking at you guys going, you're fucking hypocrites. Yeah. Going, what the fuck? You should be on your knees begging. Yeah. And, you know. Because they were tight, man. Yeah, they were. They were like brothers. And that's one thing that I just could never, you know, I'm not saying I've never said or done anything that may have been, may have actually been hypocritical. Oh, fuck. But I've always made an effort to not do that. Yeah. 
you know, so it's, and it's what I've done in my work life too. Mm-hmm. If I tell you to do it, that means I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And I will do it the way that I told you to do it. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you to do it this way and then mm-hmm. I'm going to go take a shortcut. Yeah. So I always tried to do that. I'm not saying it's always worked, but hey, you know. I, I think it's been good for you though, man. I think that's I've something I've always that... tried to stick to it and it, it's actually served me well. You know, yeah. we've been blessed. Me and, you know, since I met Joy and we got together, you know, this was the first time that I could actually go without a job for more than a month since 1996. Yeah, really? And, you know, so we've been blessed. Yeah. I mean, I've always had the opportunities and, and it's why I'm just kind of with this stuff here in Canada and Alberta. It's like, eh, you know. Yeah. There are other places to go, man. Maybe I'm just go, meant to be here. Yeah. You know, I tried that thing with finning when I came out of Iraq and Qatar mm-hmm. there the last time. Yeah. And, <laughs> well, turns out I don't get along with unions too well. So <laughs> that didn't work out. <laughs> Crazy commies, man. <laughs> Fucking commies in your unions. <laughs> Man, it's 21 degrees and my AC ain't working. <laughs> Fuck you. Shut up and go back to work. Greg, did you tell? I said, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'd want to work for him. Like, at all. Well, when I came back, I mean, I just came out of the, the desert, right? Yeah. And, you know, guys are sweating their balls off in 120 mm-hmm. with 90 pounds of gear. Yeah. And these guys are complaining that their service truck, the AC doesn't blow under 20. Mm-hmm. And it's 21 degrees outside. Yeah. And I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? Mm-hmm. And you got the union guy in my office. And I'm like, dude, you got about three seconds to get out of my mm-hmm. fucking office. Yeah. Because I'm going to snap. Yeah. And then you're not going to like me at all. There's got to be an outfit for you, man. <laughs> There's got to be an outfit for you. I I believe in you, man. I well, believe I mean, there is. But, you know, like you take Chevron, like I and. <laughs> When I, when I left and went to Sudan, that was kind of still a fit for my mentality. Mm-hmm. Because if, if you take exploration, especially seismic, yeah. the QCs from the client company. So what you got is like Chevron will hire somebody to do mm. their seismic and look for oil. Yeah. So they send a client rep. or an, For me, I was the HES supervisor slash QC. So mm. they had to follow. But I controlled everything. Yeah. Where they ate, where they slept, what they ate, where they mm. went to the bathroom everything yeah and so for me at that point it was it was perfect yeah and then when i took the first gig with chevron in china it was a seismic deal and i got to play with dynamite and so i controlled even more <laughs> and you know then you they, speaking of dynamite did we blow shit up at one point and that was those were the hoffman devices from the tanks man. oh yeah that's right that we blew up yeah you can blow them up uh, if you put uh, enough of uh. them together and hit them with the battery it's pretty and scary. drink enough <laughs> and drink enough scotch yeah <laughs> That's right, we were drinking. How I managed to get those here from Germany, just, uh, at, well, I mean, I we, those ones we blew up were in Germany, but yeah. I had some here, yeah. too. Did you get some or over I, here? No, in California. Ah. It was in California. You could have got them here. Canada likes letting shit in. Yeah. We're, we're pretty lean. Could have just put them in my stuff. car. We're like, hey, you want to run across the border? Come on, man, welcome. But yeah, man, I, I took me, oh, shit, and I still lose my shit every once in a while, but, you know, from the time that I started with Chevron in 08, on the seismic to now I'm like a fine cut diamond mm-hmm. in comparison to the rough cut or yeah. the chip out of the fucking side of the rock that you just got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and that was, you know, cause people saw, I, I never had a problem being a hard worker mm-hmm. and I do know my shit and I do yeah. get things done. And so I got a lot of extra coaching, mm-hmm. you know, you know, Greg, your emails are very colorful. 
But, uh, you know, the, the, the general manager in China, he really doesn't want to hear you talking about the fucking Chinese fucking fuck this up. <laughs> yeah, I don't know and if I'm they can handle like, that, man. I don't really uh, remember writing that. <laughs> <laughs> are you sure that was me <laughs> yeah i don't know if that was me man i think you got somebody else so, yeah with some coaching and mentoring you know you get there yeah so i'm a little bit calmer now but yeah but dude it hasn't been like easy coming right no like, you no. had to you had to work know. out getting calmer yeah. and and go through the the shit to deal well, with once that you stuff. realize that you know i mean china is a whole nother world mm -hmm. and as soon as you realize that you're not going to fix it. Mm -hmm. You've just got to try to make it work safely. Yeah. So, and and it's got, you've got to have them buy in in some way. Mm -hmm. You're not going to fix a culture. And that was the problem with Chevron, right? They went in there and they thought, yeah, you know, five years, we'll change their whole safe. Mm -hmm. No, you won't. Yeah. They've been doing the same shit with the same shit for 3,000 years. Mm -hmm. They will make anything out of a piece of rebar. Mm -hmm. And that is their tool. Yeah. Period. Rebar and brick, man. We, we can fix anything. Rebar and brick and a scaffold pole. <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's like well, where the, the clamps for that scaffold? Uh, it's it's roped together. It's <laughs> roped. Roped together. <laughs> where the uh, scaffold boards? Well, they're right there. That's, that's bamboo, dude. <laughs> Bamboo's very strong, Mr. Greg. <laughs> yeah, I know it is, but you know. <laughs> yeah, we can't use bamboo um, or paper mache or. Yeah, so. Yeah. yeah. Well, so next from here is probably Texas, eh? Well, I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to visit my buddy down there and, and uh, see what's happening. And then it's either going to be that or I'm going to end up in Kazakhstan. Yeah. Middle East is really my last choice. I really don't want to go back. Yeah. I'm not I'm not really interested. And so Kazakhstan would be better than the Middle East? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I guess anywhere would be like if it, because it's so much turmoil right now, yeah. like it would I mean that's one be thing in, in, in there's there's no threat yeah. in Kazakhstan. Yeah. I mean I'm, of course Except unless for Borat, dude. Well, Borat. <laughs> unless <laughs> unless Russia decided they just wanted to come back and take over again. Yeah. You know, Which they could. Oh, I just I just make sure that joy didn't land early what time is it anyway uh, i no, have no did. idea Eight so we've been going for uh, yeah nice. yeah yeah you good man yeah no she's she's not here yet all right sweet <laughs> i thought i guess i thought i was typing to you i was like um safe travels bro <laughs> she's like what i'm your bro i'll be like <laughs> i will have safe travels yeah. bro. <laughs> from here to the bedroom <laughs> be, yeah cool man yeah, yeah. Well, i appreciate you doing this brother no worries brother my pleasure it's always good yeah man it's good to talk to you down, you know there's chat. there's like just so much that you can't really <coughs> I, I remember when you first told me about uh bosnia and stuff and that was just ah man i'm, I'm glad that you're able to work with it right yeah. and not give up because you could have been one of those 22 right like yeah man yeah no, that's that's right. Yeah, man. You know, and, and I, you know, even as far as that goes, I'm still blessed for the extent that it affects me compared to a lot of people, man. Mm. And I mean, that's not just soldiers. That's all of our first responders. Yeah, man. You know, from you know, from paramedics to your your fuck even traffic cops and stuff, man. I mean, yeah. You know, some of the shit they got to deal with. Yeah, they just so. had a, on the weekend. They just had another one, a eh, downtown. They had a shooting. 
The guy, yeah. uh, it was a stolen auto. Was that the one where they ran a barrier? Yeah, they treat. Well, what happened was because a couple of my friends were working, and I guess this car, well, it was stolen auto. Yeah. They didn't know at first, but the car was ripping down the road. Didn't realize like there was a parade coming, and there was a military parade. So at first, everybody thought, "Oh fuck, it's a terrorist," because it's like military, right? Yeah. But it turns out it was just like some kid who stole a car with his girlfriend, and they were driving in the wrong part of town because there's cops everywhere because <laughs> it's a parade. <laughs> because <laughs> um, it's a parade but I guess like from from the police perspective of who was there when they at the time it was kind of funny because they're like oh oh yeah it's not a terrorist man this kid had no fucking idea we were here <laughs> because he basically as soon as he saw the cops he's like oh oh god there's cops and he fucking crashed <laughs> and then he couldn't like he just and all I all I heard about it was there's just like one crash after another because he keeps crashing because obviously he's shitting his pants. Yeah. He's like, oh God, there's cops everywhere. So <laughs> this is this is like typical um, Bonnie and Clyde. This is how Bonnie and Clyde really behave when they're out there stealing cars together. Is <laughs> they, they run an intersection, they crash the car, and then of course, because the car won't run, the guy looks at the girlfriend probably and says something like, I'm out. Yeah. He was fucking gone. <laughs> and she's sitting in the car. Oh, man. So, brutal. But that happens all the time. Oh, yeah, fuck. man. There ain't no, like, honor with thieves, eh? No That's shit, funny, eh? man. I just love the commentary, like, uh, the joking commentary after. They're like, oh, yeah, we're just, like, all of a sudden we're watching this car fucking pinball around because the kid can't drive. Like, he basically... He saw the cops, and I guess he veered instantly into one of the buildings and just crashed into the building and then backed up and then tried to go the other way on the sidewalk. Yeah. So anyway, oh my God. Um, don't steal cars, kids, yeah. like, obviously. <laughs> and if you're a girl out there with a car thief, just remember, he's going to bolt. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's totally bolting. He only loves you while he's not getting caught. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he only loves you until the drugs wear off. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. Yeah, we're good? Yeah, brother. You feel pretty yeah. good about that? Darcy, how do you feel? Good. You sure? Oh, yeah. All right. If you feel awesome, then we're good. Yeah. Thank you, brother. <sighs> no worries, man. My pleasure. This podcast is being recorded on the traditional land of the Blackfoot Confederacy. This consists of the Kainai, Pekani, Siksika, and the Blackfeet in the U.S. We acknowledge the Stony Nakoda, which consists of the Bearspaw, Morley, and Chiniki. We acknowledge the Satina, who are Dene, and the Métis, Inuit, status and non-status from all of Turtle Island, and those who are visiting. We are all treaty people. Welcome to the Dave Leary Show! Welcome to the Voices in Recovery podcast, brought to you by Freedom's Path Recovery Society in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Thank you for tuning in. Please remember that these opinions that are shared are those of the individuals and not of any agency, organization, or other entity, unless otherwise specified. Also, if you're a minor, please check with your parent and or guardian, as you need to have permission to listen to these podcasts. We will potentially talk about violent subject matter, sexual content, and difficulties human beings face on their day-to-day lives in recovery.